Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. is at the top, the Suleka. Are there not other further miracles that took place in the Mesa Mikdash? Vamarav Oshia, Bisha Shibana Shlomo, Besa Mikdash. Notable Kol Minimigodim Shel Zahav. At the time that King Solomon built the first temple, he planted in it all sorts of delicacies. So they looked like trees, it looked like an orchard made of gold. And this was like the golden goose, if you will. But these, these golden trees would actually bear fruit. So the idea that, uh, I guess maybe the idiom, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, gold, if you're King Solomon, I guess, does grow on trees at the right time. And when the wind blows through them, so these fruits fall to the ground. As it says in the Pasuk in Tehillim, Yirash Kalvonon Pirio Vyatsitsu Meir Keesev Haaretz. So this remet in the Pasuk can tell him to the rustling like the Lebanon that the fruits will, will be brought forth. This is a, a remez to the fruits of the golden trees that King Solomon planted in the base of Mikdash. At the time when the invaders came, the foreigners came to the temple, to the Hechal, so these trees withered. Shenemar. This is alluded to in the verse in the Novi Nochum, in Tresar. Uferach levonon umlo. And the fruit or flower of the Lebanon wilted. And in the future, the Holy One, blessed be He, will return them, these fruits. Shenemar as we derive from the verse in Yeshaya, Isaiah, Paroach, Tifrach, Visogel, Avgilas, Viranen, Kavod Halvanon, Nitonla. That's all the quote from Pasuk in Yeshaya. There shall be a flowering and rejoicing and singing for the glory of the Lebanon that has been given to it. This is a reference to the restoration of these beautiful orchards that were planted by King Solomon that were of gold and yet bore fruit. So that will be restored in the future. So we have all of these miracles. We have the miracle that, that happened in times of King Solomon and that will be restored. And we had a kasha, the suleka. It sounded like this was 
a list, we had previously a list of miracles of the temple, and it seems to be uh, exhaustive, and yet we have this miracle that is not mentioned in the list. So the Gemara answers, Nis dekvi lo Miracles that were fixed are not counted. Meaning, of course, they are miraculous, but in the list of miracles that took place in the temple, they're not enumerated. Only the miracles that happened on occasion, not all the time, are included in that list, which is a fascinating dichotomy. A miracle is a miracle. But no, if it's a miracle, then it happens every day. So, you know, people get used to it, can even complain about the month, right? It's a miracle. It happens every day. It doesn't have the same uh, wow factor as a miracle that comes from time to time. Right, that's, it's already halfway to being natural. Yeah, it's all the time. Previously, we had a kasha, miracles about the Aaron Kruvim, the holy ark and the cherubs. Why is that not listed? Now that we've given this way to differentiate what's in the list, what's not in the list, we can also explain Aaron and Kruvim, Arnisim de Kvi'i, they are miracles that are fixed and within the temple and therefore not separately enumerated in this list. Omar Mar, Master Tat, and the smoke of the pyre on the, the altar, that this was one of the miracles. And was there actually smoke coming up from the pyre on the altar? And we have a brisa that would seem to be to the contrary. Five things were stated concerning the fire that was emanating from the pyre on the altar. This fire was quite special. It took the image of a crouching lion. So, like a fiery crouching lion on the altar. Ubara kachama. And it was clear like the sun. And the flame of this fire was tangible. Rashi says, And this fire was very powerful. It consumed things that were liquidy which normally, in a regular standard fire, are not consumed in the same manner as something that is dry. But this powerful fire on the Marocha consumed liquid substances like dry substances. And it did not bring up smoke. A wonderful fire. So what are you saying? This a miracle about the fire, uh, about the smoke. What smoke? 
When we're talking about the smoke having a, a certain stability, as we're going to see, that miracle of the smoke was only the fire that was brought by people. But the fire that came down from heaven had all of these characteristics, and that fire didn't bring, didn't bring up smoke. Netanya, in accordance to the Brisa, V'nosnu b'nei Aaron ha-Kohen, eish al-Mizbeach, there's a command, and the sons of Aaron, the Kohen, should place fire on the altar. The Brisa teaches, even though the fire descends from heaven, there is a command to bring from people. The, the children of Aaron have an obligation to put up human origin fire. It's not just to rely on the fire coming from heaven. We do our part as well to be malet the carbon. So the fire that the Kohanim light, that does have the feature of releasing smoke. A small amount of fire that they light. Rehutza kari. And was it crouching like a lion? Vatanya, we have a bright so it seems to be to the contrary. Amar Rabbi Hanina, Skana Kohanim. Rabbi Hanina, the second in command of the Kohanim, said, I've seen it, Rehutza kekelev. And it was crouching like a dog. Okay, so which is it? Is it like a dog or like a lion? Look, Asha. And this is not a contradiction. Kan b'mikdash rishon, kan b'mikdash sheni. The b'risa that says that it was crouching like a lion, that's referring to the first temple. And Rabbi Hanina, Sganakohanim, who testifies that he has actually seen it with his own eyes, that is during the second temple, which in many ways, as described, was of a lower level than the first temple. So that had the the figure of instead of a lion of a dog crouching in the in the shape of fire. Look, Asha. Ubimiktash Shani Mihad. And did we have it all together in the second temple? Vaamar of Shmuel Bara Inya what is written in Chagai? The Ekavda is written without a hay. Karinan Ekavda, the Ekavda. So, my Shno de Mechuser hay. Why is the reason? What is the reason that this word? Speaking about the, the honor and glory lacking the letter He, which is a numeric value of five. Why is it missing? This is a remez to the five components of glory that were present in the first temple and missing from the second temple. And these are the five. Aaron, Vikaparis, the holy ark and the covering. Ukruvim, and 
together, miksha achas, one beaten from one block of gold, the covering of the holy ark had the keruvim, the cherubs, eish, this fire, ushchina, and the divine presence, ruach hakodesh, holy spirit, urim v'tumim, and the the divine names written that were stored in the breastplate, Choshen. So these things were all not present in the second temple. Mekivege says, Medrash Rabba, in Pashas Baloscha, Noket Menorah, Velo Noket Shechina. Medrash switches out that it was missing the Menorah and deducts from this list missing the Shechina. Al-Kopanim, we see that this list has Aish. Sounds like that was not present. That's miraculous fire. So why are we saying that a Kohen, the Scan Kohenim, Rabbi Hanino, was able to testify that he had seen this fire in the form of a crouching dog? I thought that it, we didn't have the miraculous fire in the second temple. Umara answers, it actually was there in the second temple, of course, in the lower form, not like a lion, but like a dog crouching. But unlike in the first temple, it didn't help. In the first temple, the lion fire helped consume the offerings that were brought on the altar. In the second temple, this fire in the form of a dog was crouching there, but didn't actually do the job. It was just supervising, not consuming. So that's the difference of the ish that we had in Bayes and was missing in Bayes Shani. Tonarabona. I'll just uh, look at Tosos first. But Urimbetumim. Urimbetumim have Tosos says there was the Urimbetumim. Shim lo kain, aikoin gadol mechosibigadim. And that's a problem. Even during the time when the Kohen Gadol does not have Meshicha, he's not anointed, he still must have Meruvah He has to wear all eight priestly vestments in order to serve as a Kohen Gadol. So it says Tosus, they must have had the Urm Vitumim in the second temple because otherwise he can't function as Kohen Gadol. Rather, Tosus says, Similar to the Gemara's answer of the differentiation of the fire, that the miraculous fire was present in the second temple, but it wasn't functional in consuming the offerings, so too the Urmatumim, we had the, the parchment, the, the divine names written, but it was not functional in the second temple that it would not respond to being asked for guidance from the Urmatumim. So that was missing from the second temple, Urim Betumim. That's what Tosa says. The Yaivitz Askakasha, he says, Lo avin min So I don't understand what's pushing Tosa to say this. Are they really a garment? They are parchments with written divine names 
but it is not an, a garment in of itself. Vuxiv, it says it should be placed in the Choshen. So the Choshen is the garment. So in theory, it could be missing entirely, not just there, but not active, not functional. It could have been missing entirely, and he would still have the Choshen, the Kohen Gadol, would not be considered lacking in garments if he had the empty Choshen without the Unbetumen. It says, you, if, if the Torah tells you to place the writing in the Choshen, so, below Urmatumim, Nami Choshen Mikri. It still has the shame Choshen without Urmatumim. And the Choshen, the breastplate, is what is considered one of the eight garments the Kohen Gadol must wear. He, he does not have a yish of what's pushing Tosos to say that it's missing. That Tosos understands Urmatumim is a chalik of the Choshen, not just something placed in the Choshen. Tonorabana. Sheish. There's six different categories of fire. There's a type of fire that consumes but doesn't drink. There's a fire that drinks but does not eat. And there's a type of fire that eats and drinks. And there's a type of fire that consumes liquid like dry. And there is a fire that pushes aside other fire. And there is a fire that consumes fire. What is the category of fire that consumes but does not drink? That is our common fire. It doesn't drink. It gets extinguished by water. But it consumes. Shosa ve'enocheles. It drinks but does not eat. It doesn't burn up. Combust the fuel. But it does drink. Decholim. That's talking about the fire of sick people. The febrile fire that a person who experiences an illness can sometimes be afflicted with. Rashi says, in A person is afflicted with a burning fever and is thirsty. So it's as though the fire is drinking, but he doesn't have an appetite. Can have a, a fever where he needs to drink but doesn't feel need to eat. So it drinks this fire but does not eat. Ocheles vishose, the fire that eats and drinks. Deilio, that is like the fire that descended from heaven through the hands of Elioa Novi and Hakarmel. Dersiv, as is written, the conclusion of the story. And the fire surrounding uh, descended and consumed even uh, in the surrounding area of the altar, which had ditches filled with water, it licked it all up. And a fire that's 
that consumes liquid like dry material, demarocha. That is the fire of the pyre on the altar. Yesh, eish, doche, eish. Is a fire that pushes another fire. That's eish de Gavriel. That is the fire of Gavriel. Rashi says, Gavriel came down to save Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That he cooled off the fiery furnace that they were thrown into on the inside. And turned up the heat on the outside to burn up those that threw Hanani Mishal Vazariah inside the fire. So there, on the outside, and Gavriel is pushing the fire, Doche'esh, from the inside to the outside. Naminon Bari Psachim, as described over there, Kofir Ches. V'yesh'esh ochelaseish, and there's a fire that consumes fire, Deshchino, that is the fire of the Divine Presence, the Omar, as the Master taught, He put his finger between them and burned them. Rashi. He stretched forth his finger. This is Agarata mentioned in Sanhedrin. Concerning the various groupings of angels, that they said before God, What is man that you shall recall him? Take a look at the Gemara there. Omar, Rav Yehuda Omar, Rav. Rav Yehuda, in the name of Rav, says, At the time that the Holy One, blessed be He, sought to create man, God created a group of ministering angels, and he said to them, Are you interested in this verse? Let us make man in our form. The angel said, if you're asking our advice, Master of the Universe, what's this man about? You want to create him, you're asking our advice, we need to know details. God said, he does this, and he does that, we don't need to get into details, we understand what man is. So the angel said back, Master of the Universe, what is man that you should can call, recall him? This sounds like a defective product. What's going on over here? Okay, so he heard their advice. The other girsos, most have shown him to not have etzbo katana, just etzbo. He stuck his finger between them, and burned up this group of angels that shot down the idea. So this is a less than standard democratic process over here. Normally, those that get to vote, get to vote. But over here, okay, they got their vote, and they're gone. 
Similarly, he made a second group of ministering angels, posed the same question to them. And Kashalishis Amlofonhov, the third group already, that they see this pattern of what's going on. Amr Lefanov, they said before him, Rabbanu Shalom, Master of the, of the Universe, Rishonim Shalom Lefanacha, Mahu Ilo, Kol Alam Kulo Shalchai, Hu, Kol Mashatotos Lassos Belamecha Asay. The earlier ones that told you their opinion, you know, it didn't help very much. So you know what, God, it's your world. Why don't you do what you'd like to do in your world? If you think it's a good idea, which apparently you do, go for it. Later down the road, when there seemed to have been lots of problems, the generation of the flood, generation of the uh, separation, the various nations losing a common tongue, these generations did not live up to human potential. Their deeds were corrupted. Amr Lefanov, so these angels, said before God, Rabbanu Shalala, Master of the Universe, Lo Yafe Amr The earlier angels that you asked, we understand they're burnt up, they're not here right now. But weren't they right? I mean, God, don't you see? You know everything. Look at these people. Amr Lehan, so God answered back, Vadzikna Anihu, Vadseva Aniesbo, Igome. God said, the long-term horizon, I got it covered. There's a plan. It's going to work out in the end. Don't you worry. Just wait and see. You saw this far, but you haven't seen to the end. Okay, so God thought it was a good idea. He knows what he's doing. So God has this fire, the fire of the Shekhinah, that is Aish, that consumes Aish, consumes these angels of Aish, which the... We saw Gavriel's fire is a pretty powerful fire that pushes fire. The Eish of the Shekhinah is a fire that consumes fire. Back to Yuma. The Oshan Hamaracha. Afilu kol haruchal shiba'olam ein mazizis oso imakomo. And the smoke that ascended from the pyre on the altar, even all of the winds in the world could not move it off its course, it would ascend straight up and it wouldn't be dissipated, a normal way that smoke ascends. Normally wind causes the pillar of smoke to scatter. Is this really the case that stood up straight Rabbi Yitzchak Baradimi taught, B'motzei Yom Tov Achron Shalchak, at the conclusion of the final day of the festival of Shemini Atzeres, HaKol Tzov in La'oshan HaMarocha. Everybody had their eyes looking at what's going on with the smoke coming up from the altar. If it was leaning towards the north, then Then the poor people would rejoice and the people that had businesses 
were saddened, because this would be an indication that the rainfall that year, this is the conclusion of Sukkis and Shmiyat Seres, Rashi says, that from the day before the end of the, the festival was the seal of the decree for the rains of the year, as it stated on the festival, is their judgment over the water of the year. If this pillar of smoke was leaning towards the north, Rashi continues, In order for it to lean towards the north, that means that a wind coming from the south is blowing. That's why the pillar of fire is leaning to the north, because the wood from the south is pushing it. Perusayan, Markivin. And this would be an indication of the degree of rainfall that the Balabatim, their fruits, are likely to suffer rot. And they won't be able to store them in a dry manner. And therefore, they flood the market and sell cheap to make sure that they don't lose. So they're less than pleased if this goes, but of course those who are poor are very happy to get a good deal if the sellers are motivated to sell. So the people who are poor are quite happy about that. Not a clapidorum, if this pillar of smoke was leaning the opposite direction towards the south, then you have the opposite scenario that the poor people are sad and the people who are growing fruits to, to store and sell they are rejoicing because the rain of that year will be limited and their fruits will be able to be preserved and stored with less risk of rot so they're not pressured to sell. They can keep their prices with healthy margins. Not a clap in Mizrach, if the pillar of smoke was leaning towards the east, with a wind blowing from the west, a kol smechin, everyone gets to rejoice. Rashi explains, shuruach marovis, because the wind coming from the west it's measured and it brings rain in the appropriate, ideal manner. And it does not cause the fruits to rot. And the grain is a bountiful crop and and there's no famine in the world. So there's bounty. It's just the right amount. So everybody's happy because there's a huge bumper crop. So that will make everybody happy. There's a lot to sell. And the prices are reasonable. But in the opposite scenario, Klapimarov, Akolatsovin. If the pillar is leaning towards the west, 
Then everybody's sad. Rashi, Shehu Ruach HaMiyabeshes, says Ryan, because this wind dries out the crops. Kedamirim Masechas Gitin, Afilu Shuvta Bikofino Demora Rafia. From this wind that is coming from the east, it's a very drying wind, and it'll even dry out the the handle and the spade, which is indicative of the severe drying properties of this wind. So there's scarcity, and nobody's happy about that. So this all would indicate that the smoke that was elevated coming up from the marocha, the pyre on the altar, bent one way or the other. It didn't just go straight up. They're looking for something, right? Sagmar answers, De'ozil ve'osi kedikli. It's true. It did sway like the swaying of a date palm. But it would not dissipate or disperse in a manner that one would typically expect from winds. It's, it stayed intact as it ascended, even if it did sway. Right, we just had this teaching, Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi, that the ocean of the Marocha, Klapi Mizrach HaKol Smechin, Klapi Marav HaKol Atzovin. Viraminu, we have a kasha. Mizrach is la'olam yofen. A wind coming from the east is always beautiful. Marav is a wind coming from the west. La'olam kasha is always difficult. Which is seemingly astira, continuing in this teaching, Ruch Tzifonis, Yofa Lachitin, Beshah Shaviyu Shlish, a wind coming from the north is good for grain at the time that it has already grown a third, and it's difficult, this wind coming from the north, for the olives, once they have already budded, Ruch Deromis, Wind coming from the south is the opposite. It's difficult, challenging for the gr- the grain that has already developed a third of its way. And it's good for olives from when they are already budded. And Rav Yosef, some say Marzutra said, and we have a way to remember what happens, Shulchan B'tzafon Uminar B'daram, that in the temple, the Shulchan is in the north, and the Menorah is in the south. Hai Mabedidei, Vahai Mabedidei, what's coming from the north, from the direction of the Shulchan, that increases and benefits, the wind coming from that direction, benefits what it has, what goes on the, the shulchan is the showbread, made from wheat. 
And conversely, what comes from the south, where the menorah was, so the wind coming from the south, is marbididei, it increases what it uses, which is the oil coming from olive. So this, the first part of this teaching is a stira, to what we said before. Which way is it between east and west? What's good, what's bad? Lo kasha, halon, v'haluhu. It's not a kasha. The first teaching is talking about those standing by the temple. And in Eretz Yisrael, so there Rashi says, Mizrochis yofel Eretz Babel, that the wind coming from the east is beneficial in Babylonia. Because it's a very moist land. It has regular water. But the, the eastern wind is, is challenging for Israel. The eastern wind tends towards dryness, which helps in the land of Babylonia, which is naturally more moist, but is hard for the land of Israel, which is naturally more dry because of the topography, more mountains and, and valleys. So that's a harder wind for Israel and a better wind for Babylonia. So those standing around the Marocha, looking at which way the pillar is going, they're looking for locally in the land of Israel. And this other teaching that says the opposite is talking about in Babylonia. Hadron Allah Shivas Yomim. It's the end of the pack, first pack of Yuma. Let's see. Top of Chav Bezim Ralev. Barishona, call me Sherotze Litrom, Esam is Beach, Terim. Beginning of the second parak, Mishnah says, originally, anybody who was interested to do Truma Sedeshin, to remove the ash from the burnings of the previous day's service, from the altar, could do so. Kol HaKodem Zohar. Rashi says, Kol Kohen Shahoyim Me'oso Bis'av. Any Kohen who was from the family, the grouping that is serving at that time, he wants to take and remove the ash in the morning, may do so. There was no lottery for this service. But at the time when there's competition, lots of people are interested in doing this job. Rotsin the Olin Bakavish, they would have a race and run and ascend the ramp that was adjacent to the altar. Whoever preceded his friend who won the race within four Amos, he merited to get the job. He ran fastest. So he got to remove the ash at the service that uh, that would be the tiebreaker for multiple people who are vying for this position. Vim ayu shnein, or the other girsa, the shash says shnein, shavin. What if 
there was no clear winner. We don't know who got there first. It looks like a tie. Now what? It's Bill. Then the person in charge, the supervisor of the Kohanim, says, okay, let's let's use our fingers to make the lottery. The way the lottery worked is that each one, each Kohen who was interested, all the Kohanim would gather. So even though not everybody necessarily raced, once you have the circumstance that there's no clear winner in the race, so all the Kohanim are gathered, and they stick out either one finger or two, and they make a lottery. So we're going to see more details how that works. The Eimotzian Goldo, they're not able to take out the thumb, so it has to be two other fingers. The Mikdash uh, in the temple, when we're doing this lottery, it has to be one of the other four fingers. Maisa, one or two, he said actually. Maisa shahayu, shneim, or again the same thing, shneim. Shovin. Once there was a case where two came out, they were in a neck and neck race, and it came out even. Viratsun ve'olimakavesh, and they were running and ascending on this ramp. And one of the Kohanim pushed his friend, and he fell. And the victim had his leg broken. This is a tragic uh, conclusion to this race. Since the court saw that this method of figuring out who should have the honor of doing the service was dangerous. People were not being responsible. They enacted that the way to determine who should do trumasadashin, who should remove the ash from the altar, should be decided by lottery. Arba hayu sham there were four different lotteries that were done, and this is the first one. The pious, the lottery, that included Shumasadashan, the removal of the ash. Let's see Rashi. Rishon Kol Mishrot Solitrom saw this. Bisman Shem Rubin. Haboin Litrom, those that are coming to do Shumasadashan. If you have multiple contenders vying for this honor to do this service, so this is how to process and determine who actually gets the right to the service. They run and ascend on the ramp. It's 32 amos long. 32 cubits. So it's a short sprint race going up and ascending towards the top of the altar. And whoever breaks out to enter first within the four Amos at the top of the ramp, 
adjacent to the top of the altar, Zoha Litrom, he would merit to have the, the honor to do the service of removing the ash. Vizahu Garel, and this is the way that they would make a lottery when it was even, no clear winner. Imayishnim Shavin. Vizahu Garel, meaning this was their lot, had to determine when it was just. Uh, when there was a clear winner, they wouldn't need to do anything else. This is how the coin would be selected. If there were multiple contenders and you had a clear winner in the race, so the winner took the Truma Sadesh and removed the Ash. But if the Kohanim were even, or the, the two winners of the race were even, you don't have any clear winner. Now that you don't have a clear winner, winner, everybody comes, all the Kohanim come, to place their finger or two to get a shot at being chosen for the service. How did it work? The one who was in charge of the lottery said to all the Kohanim gathered, Hitzbiu. Uh, cast one or two fingers. Hotziu etzbo seichem. Kol echot. Hira etzbo. Each one should show his finger. Can we follow us? Come on. As explained later in the parak. Akifin. They would stand. Va'omdim bagulo. Circling in a semicircle. Bo hamamuno. So the, the memuna, the, the one in charge would come, remove the hat of one of the Kohanim, from him, the beginning of the count would start, to start counting around, as the Kohanim, counting fingers, each one would cast out his finger to be counted, and the one who was the, the one in charge, the coin, said, whoever is the one that the number ends by, so he's the one who wins the lottery. And he says a number. Either 100 or 60. A number that was many more than the Kohanim standing there. And he would start counting. From the one whose head had the hat removed. And he would go around and count as he went around. The Bach says, He would count the fingers. And he would go around. So he would go around the circle and continue going until he gets to the number that he said. And whoever is the one that the number ends up by and he doesn't have any more to count. So his finger is the one that was chosen. And this is the proceedings for all of the lotteries that were done for the various avodos, various forms of service that the Kohanim had to do. One or two fingers, the Gemara is going to get into that later. 
ואין מוציאין הגדול במקדש, בגמר המפרש בני הרמיים. No thumbs allowed because the thumbs are subject to trickery. It's, it's not a total random lottery. There is a certain chachma to it that the person who's trying to, to win the lottery sees roughly how many people there are and he can get a sense of what the number is and he, you know, it's because there's a variable, who's going to put one finger, who's going to put two fingers, it, it makes it less than certain, but he can try and uh, alter the, the, the amount, how it's going to go around, to, to try and get it to come by him. But if he has a spare finger that he can hide to make it look like it's out or not out easily, so... He's going to interfere if it's coming close to the end of the number. He can, he can interfere in a way that's going to change the outcome. And we're worried about the Ramon. When it's getting close to the end, he sees, he already can figure out, based on the number and all the fingers out, who's going to get it. He can, even though he started off with one finger, he can now change his vote to two fingers in order that it ends by him. So he, he can, if, if thumbs were allowed, so it's easy to mask. The one who's trying to make this lottery is not going to be able to catch this. Because he can make it look like two different hands, the thumb and another finger, make it look like two people. So in the moving around, it doesn't look like one coin is suddenly switching his vote. Okay, so that's a trick that people would do anything, play dirty, to, to get the service. Okay, we see these very dangerous characters push people off the ramp. We have to watch out for these guys. Okay, they're very interested, cutthroat business, doing the service. So, no thumbs allowed. Hello, Bipais. So they stop the races, just do the, the lottery, less dangerous. Zesh Prashna, as we explained. Arba Payas is how there are four different lotteries. The Kohanim gather four times each day in order to divvy up the various facets of the service through lottery. Let's see the Gemara. The ha meikara my timeo lo tiknu l'rabbanon paiso. Why originally didn't the rabbis institute making a lottery? Meikara savar kibun v'ros lailohi. Originally they thought because the Truma Sadesh and the removal of the ash from the previous day's service is really essentially a service of the night. It doesn't have the same degree of significance. It's not a day service. And they thought 
to come early to remove the ash is not going to be a hotly contested job offering. And therefore, no need to, to set us initially to set up a lottery for it. Since they saw that did they come and in droves, and it's a dangerous character, led to danger. So then they instituted skipping the races and just having the lottery. Based on this initial perspective that they thought night service is not such a big deal, not going to be so hotly contested. What about the bringing up of the limbs and fats that was also done by night? And nonetheless, they initially did enact a lottery for that service. So, that's the end of the service of the day. So, since it's the end of the service of the day, it has a chashivus like day. Hi, Nami. Once you're stretching and saying that that was more popular because it's the end of the day service, so there's demand. So, say this is the beginning of the day service, and there should be demand. If, in accordance with the Rabbi Yochanan said, that if somebody sanctified his hands, Cohen, getting ready for service, early, washed his hands, for Trumas Hadeshen, to do the removal of the ash from the altar, after daybreak, in Tzorach Lekadesh, he doesn't need to once again wash his hands. Shekvar Kiddush, Mitzchilas Because he already did the Kiddush, he already did the sanctification, even though it started at night. Emo Shekvar Kiddush, Mitzchilas Avoda. Say that it's true when he already did do the Kiddush for the Avoda. But not that. It's actually the Haskala of Avoda. It's not that it is Tchilas Avoda. Really, it's, it's Avoda Salayla. It is the service of the night. But if he did do the Kiddush, so it's Mitchila Lavoda. He washed already with intention when he's doing the night service that it should continue for him for the service of the day, and that would be enough. So, really, it's not considered the beginning of the day service. Ika de Amri, alternatively, Meikara Sava. Originally, they thought, Kivan de Ika Ones Shena, Loasa. People are tired and it's hard. So they're not going to come. People are being pushed by sleeping. Kivan de also, Vikasu, since they saw that the Kohanim were coming. And and not only are they coming, but they're coming in large numbers in hotly competitive market and coming to danger. That's when they enacted to have the lottery and no longer have the races. So why then 
is it not the same as the lottery that was established originally for the burning of the, the fats and the limbs that is the service of the night? That also takes place late at night. People are tired. So if you're saying tired is the reason why they thought it was not a big deal. So they should also not have thought that there was a need to establish a lottery for that service, which is very late at night. Shani Mignot Mimekum. Gemara answers, it is fundamentally different. Over there, people are already up. And even though it's late, they can push themselves to stay up. That's easier to do than waking up early when people are already sleeping. So they said, You're right. Fighting with sleep is a challenge, but there's a huge difference between fighting with sleep to stay up a little longer versus fighting with sleep to get out of bed. So they thought originally, these guys aren't going to get out of bed. And therefore, we don't need to set up a lottery. But that's not what happened. Kohanim's reason him. They're like fire, getting up out of bed. So, okay, and dangerous, so they need to have a lottery. V'takanto lahach giso. V'takanto lahai giso. Have it. V'takanto lahai giso. Have it. Kushihi. Rashi says this is a kasha. Established for this side, as it were. The Mishnah indicates that the reason for the enactment of a lottery was based on this tragic event where the race got dangerous and a coin broke his leg, or one coin broke his friend's leg, to be more precise. That was the source of this Takana. But it was coming for another reason, Lachera. We have a, another reason for this Takana in accordance with the Braisa, Ditanya. The one who has the Schos to do the Truma Sedeshen, he merits to, to have the right to the service of removing the ash from the pyre on the altar, from the previous day's service. He also merits Zoha Bisidr Marocha to set up the pyre for the upcoming day, and as well setting up the two logs at the top of the pyre. So he's he's got a, a full lineup. And that is a major deal. That's that's Avoda Shabayom. Amravashi Shtei Takanus Havu. Ravashi says, there are actually two takonas. Mekara, Savor, Loas. Originally, they thought that there's not going to be a lot of competition to do the Truma Sedeshan, to remove the ash. As we said, it's hard waking up early, and it's not even Avodah Shepiyom, which is more Chashub. So they thought there's no need. Kiva the Chazov, the Chazov, also, the But when they saw, they came out. And it even led to danger. Then they made a lottery. But now that they made a lottery, so then people didn't bother getting up. Because there's 
it's too much competition. So I'm going to get myself up early and you know, push the sleep from my eyes. No snooze button. Why? To go and take a lottery that I'm probably not going to win? Why bother? Amri, me, Yemar, Ms. Ramilon. Who says going to come to me? So now they had a problem. Who's going to take out the ash? You don't have enough contenders. Therefore, they made a new takana. Now the new takana was whoever wins the lottery for Trumasadashan, which as we said has the the less hush of uh, status. It's not as significant because it's at night and it's more challenging because it requires pushing yourself out of bed early. So whoever wins that, which is now being done by lottery, will also win the more chash of Avodah of setting up the pyre and the two logs atop the pyre. And now that it's a larger lottery that includes more and of greater chashivas, so now people, the Kohanim, will push themselves to get up early to win the lottery that includes more stuff. So that was the evolution of Takanos. See Rashi. Back to the beginning of the Gemara. Why did they originally not make a decree to have a lottery for the removal of the ash? Originally, before there was this tragic breaking of one coin's foot or leg, they, this was the setup. My time low tikmilpaisa. Why did they not originally set up a lottery? Kechol shavodos, like the other forms of service which were given over by lottery. All of the original determination who gets what service was given out by lottery. Originally, the court thought, because it is the service of the night, since this is a service that is eligible to be done by night, it doesn't have the same significance for the Kohanim. And they're not going to have such a competitive cutthroat approach to it. We have another service of the night that the elevation of the limbs and fats onto the altar, which is kashakolai, that can be done all night, with Nangabe Payasos and Tatna Mishnah in the ordering of the various lotteries. So there is a lottery who gets to bring the limbs onto the ramp and from the ramp onto the altar. So that includes this aspect of service that's done at night, kosher at night, and yet it is included in the payosos, in, in the lottery. Originally they made the takana for this. Sof avodidimamahi. It has a chashivus in that it is the conclusion of the service of the day. Shugamro shel karbon. It's the conclusion of the offering. 
Shenishchot bayom v'nizertama bayom. It was slaughtered by day, and its blood was sprinkled by day, which is the ikar of the kapara or ritzui. Therefore, it's considered substantial in the eyes of the Kohanim to come and fight over it. The following daybreak, he does not need to be Mekadesh, as long as he didn't leave the temple. Even though there's an opinion, Rebbe says that the water sitting uh, overnight does become nifso balino, becomes invalidated for use for Kiddush Adam Raglaim to sanctify the hands and feet. He does agree that from Krozegev at Safra, from Alosa Shachar until dawn, uh, from dawn until sunrise, then you do not have a psulina. A crossgever from the calling out of the rooster. Does not in- include the problem of lina from that point. Only from earlier. Metchila savoda. Alma tchila savoda kaila. Sounds like in this teaching that Rabbi Yochanan said that it is tchila savoda, the truma sedeshen, is the beginning of the service, even though it starts at night. So it should also have a chashivus, and therefore the Bezdin should have also made a takana of making a lottery from the beginning. It would, it would be the Kohanim to come and compete and get into fights over it. Not that that's recommended, but that would be a concern. Why was that not a concern? Not that it is the Tzchil Savoda, but in the event that he did already do Kiddush Yadayim Raglaim for the purpose of Avoda, then he does not need to do it again. Since included in this lottery is not just the removal of the ash, which is at night, and difficult because of the pushing yourself out of bed issue. But since as a chashivos that included in the lottery now is the significant avodos, the service of setting up the pyre and the two logs on top of them, that's the day service and it's enough to get people to come early to, to try and win a shot through the lottery. Shnei him. Shnei b'ka'os him, the two logs, aruchim k'midas rocha v'marocha, long, they go all the way across the pyre, v'nosan osan mimal atem marocha, and they are placed on top of the marocha. Mikro yolifla kamon, it's derived from a verse later on, Kamar talks about a chavav mebez, ber le'a koin eitzim, uber al hamareches ha eitzim, shnei gzirei eitzim, it's talking about a pyre, a hearth, if you will, on top of the altar. And on top of that, you have two long logs going across. 
Next Rashi. Amr mi yemar de misrame, lo chashivalai le mitrachola misveka. The Kohanim are not so excited about doing the Avod of Trumasadeshen, which is a night Avodah, and only getting a shot at it through the lottery. Who says that they're going to win? That led to a, a fall off in the rate of contenders. Let's continue in the Gemara. Wasman Shehein Merubin Vecholo. At a time when they are many, etc. Amar of Papa. Pshita Li Arba Amos to Aro Lo Rotsin Veol Mikevish. In terms of understanding how this race worked, originally, it was abolished, but originally to understand what the process was, or Papa says, it's clear to me from the Mishnah that the coming within four Amos is not talking about four Amos of the ground level of the temple. Right? Pshitali, Arba Amos Da'ara, Lo, that's not what it means. Rotsin, it says in the Mishnah that they would run and ascend on the ramp. The first four Amos of ascent, a little bit further up, it's also clear to me, says Rapapa, that that's not what we're discussing because it says they would run and ascend on the ramp and then it continues whoever would overtake his friend so there has to be some substance to this race also in the middle of this 32-amo-long Kevish ramp, it must also not be talking about somewhere in the middle, the low Misaima Milsa, because there's no no clear marker where this four Amos, within four Amos of what? Somewhere in the middle? It's it's too vague. So it's clear to me, continues Rapapa, that within four Amos of what? Of the altar is what the mission is talking about. So the ramp ascends till the top of the altar. Boy of Papa, now of Papa has a question. So when the Mishnah says they would have the race until whoever gets ascending the ramp until four Amos of the altar. Oh, Dilma. Top of So the structure of the altar was staggered. You have the Yisod and the Sovev. Each one of them is an Amo, alleged two separate gradations of the, the foundation and the, the ledge, Yisod and Sovev. So you have two Amos that are part of the altar that 
the ramp is ascending past them. So the ramp actually goes all the way to the top, but in the process of going all the way to the top, the last two amos are actually over the airspace of different parts of the altar itself. So Rapapa wants to know, when we look at the race, whoever gets within four amos of what? He says it's for sure talking about the altar. Do we mean the top of the ramp, the kevesh, which would actually be already over the airspace of two amos, so that would be within two amos, essentially, of the beginning of the altar? Or is that not included? And, and, and the top of the ramp that is actually over the airspace of the, the staggered levels of the altar, the esod and the sovev, so that would actually be two amos down from the, the top of the ramp. So that would be four amos from there. So six amos from the end of the ramp. That's his question. Is it six amos from the end or four amos from the end, which is actually already uh, two amos from the actual airspace that he's above the Mizbeach? Where exactly was the line? Papa's not sure, and the Gemara doesn't have an answer. Take We don't know. Not clear. Let's take a look at Rashi. Pshitali. The Arba the Kevesh Gabmizvertnan. Mew. It's obvious that the four Amos is talking about on the ramp next to the top, by the, the top of the altar. That's what the mission is talking about. Mew. Homeboyly, but this is my question. The Kaimalon Bizvachim Shakevesh Brech Amo Alkanisas Yasod the Amo Asovev Nimsa Arbo Asmuchos the Kevesh the Trilas Yasod Mizbeach Milamatahim Sheish the Smichas Gag Hamizbeach Shemit Moshech Kenegad Yasod Harishon Shte Amos Miboyle Bez Amos the Masnison the Gag Hamizbeach Rashi speaks out this Nakuda, the question, the four Amos, from which point? Is it from the edge of the Mizbeach, the end of the Kevesh, the, the end of the ramp that actually connects to the top of the altar? Or the part of four Amos, from the part of the ramp that enters into the airspace above the outer rim of the Mizbeach, which is two Amos out between the Yesod and the Sovev. So that's, that's his suffix. Let's see. Tosus. The Rishona. Call me Shirot to Litram. Shani Migna Mimekam. The Gemara's answer, the conclusion the Gemara says is, why is the original assessment of the Chachamim, of the Bezdin, that there was no need to institute a lottery for Truma Sedeshen, because there's an added difficulty in contrast with the staying up later for the burning of the, the limbs and fats, which is also at night, and even though it's late and people have to push themselves to stay up later, 
But nonetheless, this is harder and would knock out more contenders because it takes extra energy to push oneself out of bed once they're already sleeping. Tamely, Tosus has a kasha. Amayla Mishani, why doesn't the Gemara answer? Say that since the burning of the limbs and fats can be done during the day, that's why the sages need, needed to institute a lottery for that service, that they shouldn't come to this cutthroat uh, tragic outcomes, because it has a chashivas of yom, it actually can be done during the day. If all of the fats and limbs are burned during the day, they're done. So they needed to make a lottery, because it could be done during the day, even though it could also be done at night. Whereas Truma Sedeshen, there's no way to do it earlier. You need to wait till all the ash is ready. And it's, it's not something that can be done during the day. He says, more than that, when you, if it's done earlier during the day, then the Kohanim who merit to have this role can even avoid the lower level challenge of pushing themselves to go even when they're tired because they could get it done during the day. So it has all the milas. Why does the Gemara feel necessary to make this very dachistic distinction, a, a thin differentiation between this challenge and that challenge of staying up a little later versus getting yourself out of bed? Why not just say, Posh it, this can be done during, during the day and it doesn't need to be the challenge of staying at night. So therefore, you can have a lot more competition and they needed to enact a lottery right away. Really, the Shape Parich, Tosas answers. It's a good question. Why not say this answer? Anybody who would bring up the limbs, the sacrificial limbs of the daily offering of the afternoon from the ramp to the altar, he would actually have to stay up at night until the limbs are fully consumed. Because if with the crackling of the fire they are pushed off of the altar, they have to push them back onto the pyre. And therefore they have this question. It's not so fast, even though they could technically do everything necessary by day, but they can't just go to sleep and call it a day. They have to stand guard until late at night to make sure that it is actually all consumed. They still have to do the work at night of guarding at the very least, and they've got the tired problem. And therefore, there's going to be less competition for this service. They have to stay up all the way till midnight in order to bring up any limbs that might be pushed off the altar due to the, the flame, the consumption of the flame. That's Sosa Seretz. Just see how the Rabbim brings this down. Number of the halachas here. The first one that we saw, the mitzvah 
to bring the Eish from Hedyit, in the beginning of Perk Sheni, Tmidin Musafin, the Ramam says, Mitzvah Asa, it is a positive command. Leos Eish, Yukta Tomit Al Mizbeach, to have a fire consistently, constantly going, burning on the altar. Shnema Eish Tomit Tukat Al Mizbeach, as it says, a fire consistently, continuously burning on the altar. Afapi Sha'eish Yadam and Shemaim, even though the fire descended from heaven. Nonetheless, there is a command for us to engage in this command, the Kohanim, to bring fire from our own human-derived fire. So the verse says that the sons of Aaron placed the fire on the altar, and this is in spite of the fire that was there from Yor ben Shaman that came down from heaven. So the, the obligation to do it is not just make sure it's there and only step in if you see it dying down, but make sure it's there from your own actions, from your own handiwork. Put the fire there yourself. That is a command, in spite of the fact that there is fire coming down in a Shemai. That's one halacha the Raman brings. We also have Tamir Musaf and Perk Dalid. Ketzad Mafisin. How would they do the lottery? Omdim. The heck, if they sand around, maskimin al minyan, shemonin, and they would come to an agreement. What is the number that they're going to count? Mea, elef, a hundred or a thousand, a minyan sheskimolav, whatever number they agree to. Vahamamuna omelahem, it's bi. The one in charge, after they got a number, would say, okay, everybody stick out their fingers. Vahein motsin et posan. And each person assessing the various factors can get to choose either one finger or two. And if you put out three fingers, he gets three. And a thumb is disqualified, cannot be brought out in the temple. Because of the tricksters. It's too easy to play games with the thumb. It's easy to send it out and to fold it under the other parts of the hand so it can have tricks with a thumb. No thumbs allowed. And the guy who tries to play this trick, so he disqualifies that count. That he doesn't get disqualified entirely. He's just trying to get the service, so... He just loses the thumb as a count. But sounds like in the Ramam that he's still eligible for his other fingers. Assuming he used other fingers. And the one in charge starts counting from the man that was selected. That his hat was removed originally. And he counts for each finger that was cast, and goes all the way around, until the conclusion of the number is reached, whatever they agreed to, that's whatever number they had all agreed to, that's the number he counts, the one who the, the number came out and stopped, became completed by his 
finger. Who He is the one that wins the lottery and gets to do the service. That's the Rama. Right. It's, it's a good question. Why not just take turns? Can't we find a, a, a way to, to set something up? So I think that underlying the system is actually an interest for kvod havoda, the honor of the service, to promote within reason. This obviously got out of hand, the danger. But to promote within reason a sense of competition as contestants, who gets to do the avoda? So that, that seems to be l'charchila in a sense. Right, we saw in Rashi, I'll, I'll bring a shtickle smack to this idea. We saw in Rashi, the, the contestants in the race, originally we had a race. Once you have no winner in the race, we don't say, all right, so you have two people that almost, you know, let's call it a tie. Let's toss a coin, flip between them. Okay, maybe you can't bring a, a coin in. Let's do some way, you know, pick a number, and whoever gets the right number, find some easy way to choose between those two. We don't do that. Say, okay, we have no winner. Let's go to the full, open it up to all the people that by this point have already gathered to select the, the lucky winner who can do the avoda. I mean, there seems to be an interest in promoting an environment where there is competition and a sense of significance for the service. So if it's just, you know, flip a coin, so even though these are the two contestants, it surely should have been one of them. But no, we have an, a, an additional goal. We want it to be more chashuk, so by reincorporating all of the other contestants that by this time have already gathered, if not to do the Trimus Adeshin, to watch the races, so they're already there. Now let's put it out back for everybody to increase the chavivus of the mitzvah. So that itself is, is a goal. Uh, the setting up of the lottery is a method that was a safe method uh, that was utilized. You do have to have enough contestants for it to work. But it's, it's more chashev when you have many people. That's better than when you have two. Even though Mishur Sadin, of who exerted themselves for it, it's one of these two guys. No. We want to incorporate the greatest uh, sense of chashivas for the mitzvah, so open up the lottery back to everybody that's still eligible and around at that point. Excellent question. The Tosishanim and Tosarosh asked this question itself. What is going on over here? How are they making a race in the Beis HaMikdash? I'll read to you the Tosarosh. When there are a lot of contestants, they would have a race and ascend on the ramp. Teimo, this is a wonder. Since it is a form of service. How could they run? It says in the Jerusalem Talmud of Brochus, concerning prayer. A person who is engaged in prayer, which is a form of service, needs to keep his feet together. Train Amurai, Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Levi. Two Amurai, Rabbi Simon and Rabbi Levi. One says, like angels, 
One says like the Kohanim. Mad Amar Kohanim, the one that says that it is similar to the protocol of the Kohanim. Shahayu Mahalchin Ekev that they would walk from heel to toe. Do not ascend on steps on my altar. Pirish. The Kivan Bishas Hiluch Amishairin. Meyashrim Raglayim Zel if Nimizet Kolshkein Bishas Tfila Meomid Tsarchlash was Raglov Zetzelzet. So, in similar status of what was done ascending the altar, so too by the Tfila Kolshkein Nechshav as Omid Lefnai Lefnim, there's a need to keep the feet together. Bishlomar. Okay, so we, we do see this imperative. It's like Kohanim, so the Kohanim need to keep in their transit when they are ascending heel to toe. This is not so uh, easily understood from the Lushan of the Mishnah that has this race, Ratzin. Vishloma says Tosa Sarosh, Kivon Shelohu Asukin Adan Bavoda, since they're not yet. Busy with the service, they're able to run. This is pre-service warm-up. Like at the time of bringing the limbs to the ramp. Oh, another mehalach inami, You thought it was a regular running race? No, they had to go as fast as they could, with foot to toe. Uh, foot to heel, toe to heel. So they're running in this funny way because Taka he says maybe the question's right, and they can't run in a normal way. And this is uh, you know they have walking races right. So here also a race where they're moving toe ahead of the heel and going back and forth like that as fast as they possibly can. Whoever gets to the top first or within four amos of the top with the Republic's question, whoever gets there. They went. They would go as fast as they can in this manner. And that would seem to be correct. It's also is mashma from the end of Tamid Nishchat Psachim. It says because of their meticulousness, their hurriedness to pour the blood. That some of it would spill, and that bringing of the blood is the 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 primary form of service. the The blood is is, is where you have the kapara bringing the blood. So, yet it says that in their haste, there's a concern of spilling. What haste? They've got to be walking. Here is not a warm up. We're talking about the real primary avoda, and yet there's haste. So they have this interesting relay where they're going quickly putting their, their heel ahead of their toe, and then the next heel ahead of the next toe, back and forth in a fast manner. Okay, so when they go fast like that, so sometimes there's a concern the blood might spill. That's the way they would run. This explanation of the race goes well, but that's also how they perform that in a hurry. 
Adam Rimperk, Hechalil Amru Alav, Abunah Shamata Babaisus, in the Gemara, in Sukkah, it says concerning the, the son of Marta Babaisus, Shahai Notel Shte Yerechel Shalshar, Alakoach Be'elav Zuz, Vahimalach Ekebetzai Godel, he would take two thighs of a large ox that was taken with a thousand Zuz, massive, and he would walk them in this manner, walking with the heel to the toe. Not like the commentaries who say to show his great strength. He did this. He had to do that because it was the time of service. So that was why he was walking in this manner. Not, not to, to do it slowly because he was trying to show how he could carry the weight uh, even in such a manner. But Pashat, that's just the Chiv. That's how he's got to do. So they apparently... Kornetosus became very adept at this methodology, so much so that they, they did races that way. So that's his terrets.